Doug, what's up, man? So I technically won my matchup against Nick in the draft Wednesday competition that we've been having. But I only won, I say technically because he forgot to swap out Kristaps Porzingis. So that's the thing about the draft app. You can, the cool thing is, so you draft players, right? And you draft them before tip, obviously. Right. And But if they're injured, you get to kind of swap them out. It, it gives you the option to grab another player. That happened to me yesterday when Kevin Durant was uh, declared out with a thigh contusion. I got to swap him out. And, you know, unfortunately, I had to take Miles Turner. Like, you obviously are going to have a downgrade. Uh, but he did so, not. He didn't do the same thing so, with Kristaps, so I won uh, one eighty three to one sixty six. I don't care. I'm taking the victory. I'm absolutely taking the victory. But it is a technicality. So clarify for the people: uh, you draft or you select from the pool of undrafted players. Is that correct? Previously undrafted players to, for an injury yes. replacement. Yes. Okay. So Miles Turner was my best option at forward. Double M15, quote, Jack, Daniel. I mean, this is like, this is our, I, I would say that's like the the main live chat crew. Rich is in here a lot. If I'm missing someone, I apologize. Hardcore Dugaholics. But those are, oh God. That's the crew. That's the live chat crew. You should join the live chat crew, by the way, if you if you are, join the Buzz of Maniacs. Come yeah. to the nest. That's, I'm, I'm, I'm going to stop calling it the live chat. It is the nest. Come into the nest. YouTube.com forward slash Locked on Hornets. Join our Hang team. And if you're, hey, you know what else? If you're a business, if you know a business, if you like business, and and and, and any of those things you want to sponsor the show, we're open to that too. We'll do it. Clay, Clay in the show here on the live chat in the nest. Oh, big time, big time, Clay. Wow. Speaking of Panthers, I was just talking about Panthers. Yeah, he hosts Monday a uh, Panthers pod. What's that? Blue Goose right. cast. Check that out. Blue Goose cast. That's fun. It's it's really fun. Um, Panthers Monday night, Doug. Are you going? That's a night game. Starts your week they, off. They play, uh, they play football, right? That's a, Correct. Okay. Yeah, I'll go. You inviting okay. me? You got a ticket? Oh, no, 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 no. Oh, well, Sorry. Sorry for the case. miscommunication. I'm going to the Vikings game. I know that for sure. Okay. Okay, this is you know this is a this is a, a show where you, we don't have a game to preview or review, so it's like a step back show. So we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna take a breath. We're gonna get excited for Friday, but we're gonna take a breath and 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 look over some things we like and don't like. So uh, let's let's do this. Let's get into the show. You are locked on Hornets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. In a minute, cause we live. We live. This is Locked On Hornets, your daily podcast on the Charlotte Hornets and the NBA. We are part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Search your podcast app for Locked On to get podcasts on the NBA, the NFL, and fantasy sports. Check out the Locked On Panthers podcast as well for Panthers news and analysis from Bill Rossetti, big old Bill Rossetti. I'm Doug Branson, joined by my good friend, my colleague, my co-host with a mo-host from the mean streets of Cotswold, David Walker. Guys, 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 we are here for you today. It's an off day. No preview, no review. I think it's all good for us to take a breath. I think some people were a little put out by that Knicks result. 
uh, it was a tough one, and 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 people are are start, are creeping towards the ledge. Well, it, it was demor- it was a demoralizing loss, right? Because they held a double digit lead for so long in that game. They had an eleven point lead going into the fourth quarter. They had so much energy. They had so much enthusiasm. They seem to be mentally locked in, at least on the offensive end, something that they were not able to be in Minnesota. But, you know, I watched that game, David, and I thought to myself as I was prepping my notes, as I was uh, cutting some uh, cheer sound bites. Sometimes you want to go. Let's do it! <laughs> as I was doing that, I'm thinking, I looked at the TV screen at one point, beginning of the fourth quarter, and I thought to myself, you know, the Hornets feel like they should be up by a thousand right now, and they're only up by ten. And I wonder what that means. And then I, like a lot of our listeners, watched in horror as that lead dissipated, disappeared before my very eyes, and and that's why it was demoralizing. And so we're going as Daniel here on the live chat has said, no more malaise. It's time to jump on the positivity train. Choo-choo! And get hyped for Friday. Because the Hornets have an opportunity here to... I think if you if you get a win over Boston, it's going to be tough. But Boston, no Al Horford. We're going to get into this more on Friday. But they have an opportunity here to beat the top team in the East that's on a 10-game winning streak. Again, I'm giving you reasons why it's going to be difficult. But if they do it then I think you erase a lot of the sins of this road trip. Would you agree with that, David? Hmm. How to think about that one. Um, <laughs> yes. Now, are you saying, are you, are you, are you saying Horford is not going to play? Cause, cause he's in the protocol. Uh, Rick Bunnell seemed to indicate that he still might play tomorrow night. I guess we don't know. Why well, we don't know. Okay. You're right. We don't know. We don't know if Michael Kidd Gilchrist will play, but we do know that he's rejoined the team. But Horf, I'll tell you, Horford had a concussion around this time last season and missed nine games. So no indication yet whether or not Horford will play, but if he doesn't, then the Hornets may have an opportunity. Because while Horford has not been someone that has lit up the scoreboard in terms of points against the Hornets, only averaged 10 points per game, against the Hornets last season. He's a big part of their offense, right? He's the glue guy. He's averaging almost five assists a game. So if He's the Celtics really so if the Celtics do not have him to deploy. Okay. But well, we got to talk about this, David. Big news. Michael Kidd Gilchrist has rejoined the team, first reported by our friend Rick Bennell of the Charlotte Observer. He missed all he's missed all of this road trip, all three games. He left early after about seven minutes. Uh, into the game against Milwaukee before they left for this road trip. And the Hornets have not been very good defensively since he's left. Now, David, how much of that is? Be- do you think is because MKG has not been there? Oh, I think it's a big part. I mean, he's the best defensive player on the team. A lot of that stuff runs through him. It's funny because you post those stats, the win-loss record, 4-1 and one with him, 1-5 and five without and it's amazing when you look back over his career, and it's not something that shows up on the statue. That's obviously super cliche, but he does so much for that team and the little things that just does not show up, even when you're watching the game almost. I mean, it's a deflection here. It's a hustle play there that I really think bleeds down into the other players. But, I mean, the main thing is he can guard 
the other team's best guy, <laughs> you know, when you when you get down to it, like if they put him on uh, Kyrie Irving tomorrow night, that's a lot different than putting uh, even Bacon or, or Travion Graham, who, who will give you a little extra height. So I think, yeah, he, he's a big part of what this team does. And he's just better. I mean, the team is just better when he's on the floor. The numbers bear that out. Hey, if you love the city of Charlotte, if you're away from the city and feeling homesick or just wish you were in Buzz City, listen up. Discovering CLT is featuring the best images of our Queen City on Instagram at, at Discovering CLT. They highlight the Spectrum Center. They highlight Queen Park Social, new restaurants like Zeppelin. It's the best way to discover and learn about all things Charlotte. I follow Discovering CLT to, to share my best photos of Hornets games. I find out about other local events going on around the city, new restaurants that are opening. I want to stay in the know, and I do that with our friends at Discovering CLT on Instagram. It's all there to discover with Discovering CLT. Here's what I need you to do. It doesn't matter if you you live in Charlotte or not. Follow at, Dis- at Discovering CLT on Instagram. Tag at Discovering CLT in your awesome Charlotte Hornets Instagram photos and throw in the hashtag BuzzAmaniacs. Show them what the Nest can do and you can have your photo featured on their Instagram page. Again, that's at Discovering CLT on Instagram. Get in the know about Charlotte because I know a lot of you, a lot of our listeners, I don't know how, I mean, not a demographics expert, but I know that we got some people from England, we got some people from Scotland. Australia. Australia. Well, yeah, we got a huge representation in Australia. And I think, you know, following a few things from Charlotte gives you a little bit of knowledge, gives you a little bit of context around the team that you love. So check them out, at Discovering CLT. All right, back to MKG. So I was looking at some Cleaning the Glass numbers. If you haven't heard of this site, cleaningtheglass.com, started by Ben Falk, who is a uh, young, analytics-based, uh, former front office guy for the Portland Trailblazers, really smart basketball guy, certified SPG. Started this uh, website called cleaningtheglass.com. It's a $5 subscription website, but uh, the stats on there, the way that he uh, the, the, the way that he displays the stats is very unique and very interesting, and it's very easy to go in there and get on-off numbers. Also, the cool thing about these stats and this is not this is not an advertisement at all. I'm just telling you, I like this website, and they're very cool. And the interesting thing about this stats website is it gets rid of garbage time minutes. It gets rid of uh, it gives rid of heaves, those kind of things, to give you kind of a, a truer sense of some of these numbers. And I was looking at the on-off numbers on this website for MKG, and when he's on the floor, they are eight points better at defending the rim and the three-point line. And a lot of that has to do with the fact that he's playing with the starting unit, and the starting unit is much better defensively than the second unit. This team is better with MKG and Dwight Howard on the floor at the same time. They are, I think they are one of the best defensive teams when that's happening. They are a terrifying defensive team when that happens. And if they can deploy MKG, I think at the beginning of fourth quarters, when they have a lead then this it, you won't see what happened in New York happen again. All right, let's move on to some things. Our next segment here, things that we like and things that we don't like right now uh, with the Charlotte Hornets, with the NBA, maybe with the world in general. Uh, I'll get us started here. I like Marvin Williams right now finding his shooting stroke, averaging 12 points and four rebounds on 50% shooting and 47% from three in four games 
in November, playing very well right now in a time when they they need his offense to absolutely be excellent <laughs> because their defense is lacking and it's not for not for lack of effort on Marvin Williams' part, but they've absolutely needed his offense to come through. It's nice to see Marvin bounce back a little bit. He got off to a slow start the last year, last last two years, really. Um, but over the last couple of games, Doug, I mean, think how big he was just starting that game out against the Knicks and the Wolves. Um, and they need him out there. We talk about it all the time. I think Marvin is probably the first guy that people want to you know, move to the bench as soon as someone else starts playing well. When Frank was playing well, it's always a question, is Marvin going to move to the bench? But he does so much for that team, and now he's starting to show a little bit of it on the offensive end, and so he just shows his value, man. Uh, they, they they need contributions like that. And they add, look, he's guarding Kristaps Porzingis, you know, in a game um, and still giving him some, some stuff on offense. So really good to see him do that. It's, it's a long season for Marvin. He's got a got a lot of tre- wear on those tires you know what I mean Jack and da- Daniel on the chat saying David is hashtag hair goals Daniel chiming in I think he uses the Farrah Fawcett spray <laughs> <laughs> just a little just a little bit that's all that's all you need when it comes to the the Farrah Fawcett spray David what do you like what do you don't like I'll tell you what I don't like Doug I don't like players playing against the Hornets and then not playing <laughs> Chris stops. Not play the next night. Tip I mean, it out. I know, yeah, I know it was just a scheduling thing, um, but I just saw that. I was like, oh, that, that's that sounds about right. Didn't play against Orlando last night, and guess what? Orlando won. <laughs> well, uh, well, they've been catching teams on the second night of a back to back, and they've been catching teams on on home and home back to backs. You know, on this road trip, and so it really hasn't. You know, benefited the Hornets in terms of catching a team that might be a little bit tired or uncomfortable, and, and everyone's been playing their guys because it's early in the season. So the Hornets uh, a little bit unlucky in that respect. Uh, but then, yeah, as you said, Kristaps playing on the front end and not playing on the back end. You know, that's the thing. There's a lot of praise, and deservedly so, for Kristaps Porzingis around NBA Twitter, around the NBA blogosphere, around people that are in the NBA know. And, and he's certainly breaking out in a way that we didn't see last season. But also, there's something that hasn't happened this season, and maybe it doesn't happen, but it happened last season, and that's Kristaps Porzingis having serious injury issues with his feet. So I'm just saying, like, let's, I love watching Kristaps do what he's doing. And I, I think if he can stay healthy, then he's obviously one of the most terrifying forces in the Eastern Conference. But I, let's hold on just a second. And make sure that this guy is going to be around. You know, guys that are that lanky, that tall, and that have had past feet issues are always scary to me. I'm just saying. Let's that maybe that's what I don't like. I don't like everybody just jumping on the Kristaps bandwagon all of a sudden, like he's like he's gonna, you know, do this for 12, 15 years. Here's what I also don't like right now. Dwight Howard post ups. Now, I will readily admit, David, that this may sound hypocritical on my part. After all, I was the guy on this very show a week ago, David, I don't know if you remember this, making a fantastic Willy Wonka analogy when it came uh-huh. to people complaining about Dwight Howard post-ups and people complaining about Dwight Howard turnovers and people complaining about Dwight Howard free throw attempts going begging. Because the, the basic premise of that analogy 
being, don't worry about the post-ups. Don't worry about the turnovers. Don't worry about the free throws because he's giving you such a boost on the boards and defensively, and his offensive production was still good. So don't worry about those things. But we've gotten a little bit of a bigger sample size now, and the numbers are not very encouraging. Last season with Atlanta, Dwight's post-ups made up 28% of his offense, and his points per possession were average for his position. And he turned the ball over 16% of the time in post-up situations. Not great, but not awful. This season, it makes up 35% of his offense over 11 games, up from 28%. He's in the 11th percentile, meaning 90, not, or wait, 80, I'm bad at math, 89%, that's right, beep, boop, 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 boop. 89% of players at his position are better at the post-up mm. that qualify and are better than him in points per possession. And he's turning the ball over an astounding 34.4% of the time, nearly double year over year. That's that's the area I think he's got to clean up. I mean, you mentioned it the other day. People are just crashing down on him when he gets the ball in the post there. And um, this team does not turn the ball over. It, I'm not sure what the I'm not sure what the issue is. I mean, because as you said, it's a, it's a big increase. So, what do you think is causing that? Just unfamiliarity, just not being used to playing this system. Like, is that something that could improve? Well, the turnovers aren't happening necessarily. A majority of them are not happening between the 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 ball getting to him. It's once he makes the catch, right? And, and I don't think. I mean, I don't have solid numbers on this, but just my my eyeball test, I don't think that a lot of these turnovers are happening like right after he makes the catch because that that would be like, oh, maybe he's getting the catch in the wrong place or somewhere where he's not used to, and that's causing you know sort of domino effects to to the way you know all these guys they have they're very um, they're very robotic, they're very habitual in terms of where they catch the ball and then what they do next, right? And so mm-hmm. may, maybe that is it, but I I, I, don't, I just don't feel like a lot of these turnovers have been, you know, instantly after he catches the ball. It's been a lot of, you know, dribble, dribble, guard comes down, digs down, and then pokes the ball away, or dribble, dribble, uh, spin towards the lane, and and the ball just you know knocks off of somebody's hand or knocks off somebody's leg, and and the other team comes up with it. I, I don't know, honestly, I don't know. But thirty four percent of the time that he posts up, and it's the biggest part of his offense, he's turning it over. Uh, that's it's just it's something that I think will will need to be continued to be monitored. Uh, but and, and and this comes this coincides at the same time where his rebound numbers have fallen back to earth, kind of fallen back to reality. Still, uh, over this road trip, uh, you know, pretty consistently grabbing ten boards a game, but not grabbing yeah. fifteen, not grabbing twenty. And he averaged uh, in October, he averaged one point seven blocks per game. That's come down. He's not he's not getting two three blocks a game. So you know, again. Back to my Willy Wonka analogy, uh, it might be time to sort of address the bathroom cleanliness. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> I think it's always a, a proper time to do that. I, but, uh, <laughs> D- hey, Doug, Dwight Howard, though, as a whole, to begin this season, you're up. You're still thumbs up. I mean, it, it, oh, like it, like, oh, to definitely. Willy Wonka, to your point, Willy Wonka, I mean, oh, it's been. The chocolate, the, listen, the, the candy store is still open. 
There's still a lot of great things. I go back to those cleaning the glass numbers. They are teams are taking 10% less shots at the rim when he's on the floor. They're afraid to attack. And maybe some of those block numbers being down are just adjustments by teams going, look, if you try to attack this guy, he's this is a yeah. different Dwight Howard defensively than we were used to seeing in Atlanta, in Houston, in L.A. This is the Dwight Howard defensively that we were used to seeing in Orlando. So stop attacking him or at least try to pull him to the weak side and then attack on the strong side. But even then, he's got the ability to recover. So and I wonder, yeah. yeah. I wonder, you know, the absence of Michael Kidd Gilchrist uh, certainly can be a pressure on ball defender, drive mm-hmm. some guys, funnel some guys to Dwight. You can know, cross up Enos Cantor? Oh, man. Should we, does anybody talk about Dwight's ball handling? Like, have I missed those over those last <laughs> Well, see, that's, that's like, the confusing thing, though, right, David? Because he, he handles the ball well above the three-point line or, or on the break. But when he catches in the post... There have been some issues. It's odd. It's odd. Hey, hey I got one like? for you, Doug. What do you like? What do you not? What do you not like? Well, I'm going negative. I'm just feeling super negative today. Um, <laughs> our guy Frank Kaminsky. I, honestly, if guys out there, I, I feel your pain. I feel like I do talk about him about every show, but he's just so fascinating to me. But over the last three games, Doug, six points, eight points, five points, and his shooting has really just fallen off a cliff. Mm-hmm. Uh, shooting no better than thirty three percent. Didn't get into the 30s uh, the two games prior to that. So, you know, after a hot start, um, I still think he looks aggressive. I still think he's doing a lot of the same things. I, I don't know what the I don't know what the answer is though. To be honest with you, I mean, I think aggressiveness is one thing. I just think so much of it comes down to confidence with Frank, and he still looks confident. It's just not seeing the ball go through as much as he was. Well, here's the concerning thing, David, is that he's not taking as many three-point shots. Last season, 40% of his shots were from beyond the arc. This season, that number is down to 33%. His mid-range shots are up from 31% to 42%, and that makes sense to your eyeballs, right? Because you've seen him take a lot of floaters. You've seen him pump fake at the three-point line and drive. He's hit a lot of baseline fadeaway jumpers. He's got that turnaround, dirk alert, one-footer, from the from the free throw line, sure, sure. So so he's 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 displaying a few new moves inside. But here's why it's concerning uh, that he's not taking three point shots. Okay, they're working Michael Carter Williams back into the lineup, someone that is traditionally not a very good three point shooter. So now you're going to have Michael Carter Williams alongside Malik Monk, alongside Cody Zeller, Frank Kaminsky. And then, you know, X player at the three, maybe Dwayne Bacon on some nights, maybe Trevion, and maybe you, you know, just split time between Lamb and, and Batum there to pair alongside them. But if Frank Kaminsky's not consistently hitting his three, it's going to be very tough, I think, to get Malik Monk the space that he needs to knock down outside shots, to run him yeah. off ball. Because if, if you're not afraid of Cody, at the three-point line. You're not afraid of Michael Carter-Williams. You're not afraid of Frank Kaminsky. It just makes it makes it tougher to move the ball. It makes it tougher to get spacing on that second unit. I worry offensively uh, for this team if Frank Kaminsky's not hitting three-point shots. It's important. So maybe there's a little silver lining in this thing or a little reason to be encouraged. I thought you were feeling negative. I I thought you were feeling negative. I'm trying to pull myself out of it. So over the first five (laughs) games... You know, he hit 
eight threes in those first five games. Then got the illness, whatever whatever that was. Now that was hashtag that was the, a little hashtag the illness. The hashtag the illness. After that illness, Doug, he's only hit three three point field goals in the last five games. So so that's a big swing. Um, and let's see here. You know, four of those have been on the road. Um, he's got roaditis. Yeah. Yeah, he's not. No, no. In all seriousness, he has not played as well on the road as he has played at home early in the season. A lot of that can change. But they need him on the road. They need his three point. I think they really need his three point shooting on the road. Yeah, because you're not listening. He is these people that get upset about Frank Kaminsky's defense. I don't understand. Look, he's communicating better. He's making less mistakes, but he is what he is defensively and physically. Oh, yeah, he's he's going to struggle to, to, to get boards against Kylo Quinn. He's going. He's going to be uh, outmatched when teams go small, and, and he's go, he's going to get beat to the spot by smaller fours. Like this, just is a reality that we have to come to terms with, and that's again, that's why three point shooting important for Frank Kaminsky because you have that, to that, you have to balance that. Yeah, and that's why it makes it so difficult because if he's not doing that on offense and he can't give you anything else on the defensive end, um, it's tough for him to have an impact on the game. I got to go positive here. I got to bring this show. Thank you. I got to bring this you. show back up. And the way that I'm going to do that is a brag on myself. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I like that all of my draft crushes from this past draft, all the guys that I decided to give a rose to in this last draft, doing some nice things and they're getting attention for it. Got Donovan Mitchell in Utah. He's been getting all of the touches right now, building a highlight reel. Because highlight reels don't show any misses, David. His uh, efficiency numbers are uh, what could best be described as toilet water. But he hasn't let missed <laughs> shots stop. A lot of bathroom. What's Who's writing this show? A lot of bathroom references. But he hasn't let missed shots stop him from scoring 20 points every couple of nights. His defense has been stellar for a rookie. He's showing a lot of what he showed at Louisville, a lot of what made him attractive uh, to Hornets fans before Malik Monk fell. I think he'll be a really special player when he gets a shot and a shot selection in order and when they get some more offensive talent around him where he doesn't have to you know, be such a high-usage player within that Utah right. scheme. Another guy, Simi Ojale, loved this guy in the last draft. Size, shooting, uh, just, just looked like a guy that, especially defensively, could just bully people. Uh, the Hornets are going to see a lot of this guy tomorrow if Horford doesn't play because they've been playing a... The, last night against the Lakers, you saw Simi, you saw Marcus, uh, Jason Tatum went out of the game, don't know his status for Friday yet. So, you know, you might see a lot of Simi Ojale in this game, uh, but he's carved himself a nice little role with a very good Boston team as a physical 3 and D guy who also has a nice little pump fake baseline drive. Saw that, but a little up and under. He's a nice player. John Collins? Who else, Doug? John okay. Collins? Now everyone knows John Collins. We we, we loved John Collins. Um, everyone knows that we infamously traded back in our draft to select him uh, at the back infamously. end. Infamously, infamously. I think it worked. It worked out for everyone. Well, he's in a great situation in Atlanta. They're a bad team, but they're energetic. Got a really good point guard in Dennis Schroeder. Team that plays fast, plays loose, favors the athletic, favors the bold, favors the brave. All of those words can be used to describe one young John Collins. That was good. That was a lot of me time, and I liked it. David, like, don't like anything? What's going on? 
Um, no, that's it for me, Doug. You know, I'm going to stay away from the, the more negative comments. I will say I do uh, like, we'll get into this more tomorrow. I, I really enjoy watching Jalen Brown uh, play basketball. He is showing that he gets it in this uh, second year for him. He gives the Celtics another one of those guys that can just run and jump really fast, is also good with the basketball, and can make a difference on both ends. I think that's something the Hornets are trying to add. All teams are. I was, but, uh, I was, from, from game one, he, he's just been uh, really nice to watch. I have a... So I have a um, suggestion for the Boston announcing crew for Tommy, for Uh-oh. Tommy and the team in the shower. I've got a suggestion here for when Jalen Brown hits a three pointer. Are you ready for this one? I got to back up from the mm-hmm. mic a little bit because this one's going to be a little loud. I just want to pick the mic up. That's how excited I am for this one. <laughs> All right, so um, you, you lead me into this one, David. Say Jalen, Jalen Brown uh, hits the three or goes up for three. <laughs> All right. Leave me in. Kyrie swings it over to Jalen Brown. Jalen Brown for three. Jalen Brown, downtown in Beantown. Wow. That's it, guys. That's a freebie. That's a freebie for everyone (laughs) out there. Okay, we've done enough. We need a game. We need a game. (laughs) Send us what you – this has been fun, David. Don't you? Don't you dare. Don't you dare! No, that was not negative. I'm I'm all positive from here. Follow on our out. friends at Discovering CLT on Instagram. They are a sponsor of this show, and when you follow them on Instagram, you are essentially supporting us. So please do that. Uh, great folks there, Discovering CLT, trying to uh, drop some knowledge on people about Charlotte. Daniel saying, "I'm going to pretend that didn't just happen." Daniel, you want me to get hype? This is how I get hype. Jalen Brown, you asked in for Bean Town. <laughs> Oh, boy. Thank God, Jack said, thank God you didn't say from Brown Town. There were, see, bathroom references. So many of them. All right. Hey, enjoy your Thursday. This isn't even Fun Friday yet. We're not even there. This has been a great. I can't even imagine, guys. Oh, a little preview. Okay. That's all the time we have for this edition of Locked on Hornets. Thanks so much for joining us live on YouTube, youtube.com forward slash Locked on Hornets. We're back again tomorrow with a preview of this game against the Boston Celtics. For David, I'm Doug. Go Hornets. Go America. Let's swarm. Sure.